0: Yeah, so I, I uh, when I got saved in um, in the year 2000, 2000, I got saved, and um, it was 20, 22 years ago. And um, at that time, when I got saved, I was very hungry for the Lord and just tried to get as much input as I could get. At those days, there wasn't YouTube, so I don't know if it was a blessing or not. But I couldn't roam. I couldn't roam on YouTube to find uh, preachers. I, I, I bought a lot of books and read, but in those days, um, Christian TV was still quite big. <laughs> and so there was every morning on SABC there was an hour slot of um, preachers that would preach two sessions, half an hour, half an hour, and I would I would diligently every morning watch that. Um, the 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 other thing that was also quite popular in that time, or had quite a bit of a push, was the preaching on money, and what would be known now we would refer to it as the prosperity gospel. But a lot of that was 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 at that stage going out, and I remember listening to these things faithfully every morning, you know. And it was for me at some stage didn't didn't know the Bible that well, but it, something didn't sit right with me in some ways. Like just like it's surely Jesus. I mean, Jesus didn't just save us to make a lot of money. I mean, it, just, it somehow didn't feel necessarily necessarily right. But the, there was this saying that, some, that guys would say at times that, um, that strike me. And, 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 and this is the stat or the thing that was thrown. It said Jesus didn't speak about anything. He didn't have any topic that he speak as much about as money. Now, if, if, uh, I mean, I, I thought like, yes, I can't be that dishonest and lie about that. I didn't go and count the scriptures. But I thought like, all right, at least Jesus spoke a lot about that, right? I mean, uh, he could lie, but not that much. So It's like uh, I was, uh, it, it, it struck me. As, as over time I come to know the Bible more, I understood that it is a little bit deceptive to say it in that way. But in some ways it is true. Jesus didn't use any example as much as money. Because nothing, no thing on earth, no thing on earth revealed the different issues in a man's heart or in a person's heart as money. And Jesus had different topics that he would use, but he would many times use money to show the condition of a person's heart not as to get rich or anything like that, but just show where people are standing. And so in his parables, the thing that he used most of the times was money. And that's an, that's an interesting thing about our, our Christianity. You know, we, we, we have one side that we could be, um, we can be very, very spiritual. Um, we are in Jesus, our position in Christ. That's, that's stuff that I, it's my food, those stuff. I, I really like that, you know. I, I know my, one of my favorite books is Ephesians. Ephesians 1 to 3, the first three chapters, or six chapter book. Three chapters. He it, it doesn't give one practical thing for us. He just, he continues to tell us what Jesus has done for us and who we are in him. And I, you know, I would embrace those stuff so, so much. But, you know, if you go on to chapter 4, it says, now that you know who you are, Paul. Paul says, now I, Paul, encourage you to walk worthy. Now that you know who you are, I encourage you to walk worthy. And then he tells us how to have the role of a husband. And how to have the role of a wife, you know. And if you st- try to, to do the role of a husband and try to do the role of a wife well, you pretty soon realize why you need a chapter 1 and 3, you know? <laughs> It's like he gave us all of those stuff to understand the power that is in us, to understand the life that is in us, so that it had certain practical outflow. But our Christianity needs to have a certain practical outflow. It needs to, it needs to have feet. And the way Jesus presented the gospel, the message, and all the other apostles is root and fruit was very much very... It, it, it came together, you know? Jesus, Jesus would... Uh, um, would say to the to the pharisees he says you guys are like whitewashed tombs right you look beautiful on the outside but i'm telling you you've got dead bones inside you sit face out on the outside but inside you throat. but see the churches now could easily flip it around so i in, in working with schools you know i one of the things is you you, you speak to go uh, to people young guys and uh you see that their lives are not reflecting the fruit of Jesus, right? And, and, and uh, challenging, challenging them on certain of those things. And the response many times was like, look, I know that I'm living in sin, but it's not. But Jesus knows my heart. He knows that I love him. And Jesus helped us with that. He says, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. How do I know whether you love him? Well, I'll just look at your fruit. You can't have a certain fruit and then claim to have a certain root. If you love Jesus, you know, this is some of the things that will be worth it. Another one that is so, so beautiful for me is what the heart is full of, the mouth will speak. right? Now, some guys, if they meet you for that first sentence, they know they need to say the right thing. All right? says hallelujah, praise the Lord, and all those type of things, right? But if you stand still, it's like I, I, I always tell guys, if you, if you want to shepherd people or you want to counsel people, the number one thing that you need to do is shut up. Just listen. They'll tell you exactly what's in their heart, but you have to wait, and pretty soon it's all going to come out, you know? I know what your heart is full of. I know. I, I can tell you now what your heart is full of. Your heart is full of That which, if you are not thinking or concentrating, your speech are naturally gravitating towards. What are you naturally speaking about? And then I can tell you, boom, that's what's in your heart. Or I can just open up your Google account and just see what uh, uh, you've searched for the past. We've got that privilege as well. We've got Google accounts that even more shows what's in a person's (laughs) heart, all right? And uh, But there is, there is something that, that's, as words, will reflect what's in a person's heart. Your bank account will also show what's in your heart. What a man spends his money on will most definitely, in some ways, reflect what is in his heart. <laughs> it is just one of those things, you know. I'm all for the kingdom. All right. And I, I'm, I'm saying it carefully. It's not to go... I'm all for the kingdom. All that I live for is Jesus and his purposes. Can I see your bank account? In some ways, it will reflect, right? So, the thing about money is, well, let me say this. There's five things. There's five things that you would face on the earth that you won't face in heaven. It's, It's just this relief. Unfortunately, you won't be able to remove them while you're on the earth. While you're on the Earth, you have to face these five things. In heaven, you're not going to face them. Number one, the devil, right? I believe in limited spiritual warfare, but I promise you, no matter how much you warfare, you won't kill the devil. You know? I wonder I, sometimes if, if, if we do like if people are really uh, anyway, I shouldn't. Make fun. I shouldn't make fun. So, um, in, and the devil is not going to get saved. We, he's, he's not going to. He's not going to turn to Jesus. He's not going to repent. He's going to be around until Jesus comes again, and then he's going to be sorted out. Well, anyway, f- forever and, he, uh, and uh, eventually, it's going to be. he's going to be sorted out forever, eventually. But on the earth, we need to deal with him, But it's quite simple how to deal with the devil. just resist him. Well, I know for some it becomes very complicated, but it doesn't have to be complicated, right? Resist him is is, is one of the simple, simple things. There's not a verse, and and I'll speak like that, that tells us this complication of, you know, there's this complicated relationship between us and the devil, you know. Hang with him, but don't love him. No, it it doesn't tell us that. This is very simple. Just stay away from the devil. You'll do well. Just stay away from him, right? The, the, the second thing is sin. There's a power of sin that's going to knock at your door. He's going to knock on your door until Jesus comes again. On that side, He's not going to knock on your door. He's going to be dealt with once and for all. Death. We all are busy dying. We all have to face death. We're all going to die. We're all going to have people dying around us. that's, 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 that's a sure, sure thing. We're all going to die. On that side, death is dealt with forever and ever and ever. And we will not have to face death ever again. Fourth thing is we all have flesh. Right? Jesus, by the way, he came around here. He was here around for 33 years. He had a flesh. He had to face all of those struggles, all of those five guys. He had to, he had to face as We We need to face. He had a flesh. Oh, he craved some some bread when he fasted 40 days, granted, you know. (laughs) But the weakness of his flesh, the enemy could poke his finger on. And you have a weakness of your flesh that desires all kinds of things. Praise God. He's given you the spirit that if you submit to that spirit, you sorted it out. And it doesn't have to be a threat to you. But there's the fifth thing. And that's the challenging thing for me. And that's the world. Why is the world challenging for me? Jesus says the world. The the, the, the spirit of this world and the world that we're living is passing away. By the way, it's already judged. Jesus judged it already. It's like a a company that's declared bankrupt. It's functioning for a little while still, but its end is near. It's not going to function pretty soon. But we have to live in it. And so one of the things that Jesus is putting in the middle of this world is this thing called money. I wish I could deal with money as I deal with the devil. Just resist it. (laughs) It's like, there's not one person here. There's not one person here that does not need to deal with money. (laughs) In fact, it's in our faces every day, all the time. It's relevant for all of us. And unlike the devil, I mean, God tells us, do not love this world. Like I said, He wouldn't say to us, do not love the devil. I mean, it's obvious. It's like, you, you guys, there's, no, there's no relationship. Just stay clear from that guy, all right? Yeah. But with money, with money, we, we, we are actually ordered to deal with it. Yeah. We are ordered to deal with it, but then not to love it. Yeah. Right? And, uh, Yesterday, uh, there was a conversation. and I think one of my children actually asked this question. Uh, um, I don't know if it was money or something in relate to the things of the world. If it's so evil, why do we still have to deal with it? Right. And uh, I think Naku responded. Naku said, it's that we should not be mastered by it. Right. It's that we should not be mastered by it, but we should master it. And that makes it more difficult, again, because we have this relationship that there is a battle between us. I can't avoid you. I have to sit here with you. I have to work with you. But there is a battle that I need to learn how to master you, that you do not touch my heart. And on the other hand, right, still steward it and do do with it well. Jesus said something about money. That's difficult because he said, um, in the way that you deal with unrighteous mammon, money, he says, if you are bad with that, if you don't, if, 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 if you are, uh, uh, if you go and you go uh, and you eat out every night, and then at the end of the month says, oops, I couldn't pay my rent, Jesus, where are you, right? I want nothing to do with money. I'm not one of those guys, you know. Then Jesus would say, look, if you steward your money in that way. Obviously, it's an indication of how you would steward spiritual things. And I can't, I can't use you in that way. You've got a responsibility towards it that you would steward it well. But, but the battle is that it doesn't touch our hearts. Now, as I say, this world is passing, passing by. Look, I, I'm, a, I'm a visitor here. By the way, your attitude should be also towards this world. Visitor here. I'm not building tents here. House, I'm, I'm meaning my heart. My heart is not hooked here. My heart is hooked with the kingdom, with, the, with, with God's world. That's where my home is. Now, I'm passing through here. I'm passing through this world. I have no investments, hearts investments. I'm, I don't know what you do with your money. You Hear what I'm saying, all right? I'm not against investments. Steward your money well. I'm just about, but my heart is not invested. My heart is not invested in this world. In fact, I don't even care what the people do with this world. I know it's judged. It is like a company is already declared bankrupt. I still work here until my contract is finished. But man, I'm not going to invest in that company. I know it's judged and it's declared bankrupt. It's going down. This world is going down. Now... There's different ways of how these guys are thought to, to run this world. I'm just passing by. I don't have any investment here. Whatever you do with the world, it's your problem, right? I know I'm here. I think there will be some ways if you run it like this, it would be more comfortable for me. But I don't really care because my home is with God. I would think capitalism is better than socialism. It's, I don't care. If you want to do it that way, it's, it's your problem. It's, it's, not, it's, not, it's, not, um, it's not my world. I don't care. It's not a thing that I give my prayer life into. Oh, Lord, please keep this world to be capitalist. Oh, Lord, no, don't make it socialist. You know those evil guys, God, don't, don't. That's not my world. This is not my world. That's not where I invest all my prayer and all my time and all my effort to make the world a better place. It's going down, right? But let me say, it's my observation. (laughs) Well, I think capitalism is better than socialism. Capitalism has a great motivator. It's a very bad motivator, but it's a very effective motivator. Capitalism says, you work hard, you will get a lot of money. The motivator is self. If you're going to give in it, it's going to be good for you. All right, that's, that's a good motivator. Nothing motivates the world as much as themselves. And lo- Look at socialism. It's much more noble. It's much more noble, and we have to give it. It's just not an effective motivator. You work hard so that others can get rich. Not get rich, but so that others can also have. How about this? You work, and you don't work, but you will both have equal. I'll choose not to work. If that's the case, I mean, I'm just. I'm I'm one of those guys that will abuse the system. I'm sorry. You're like, if that's the option, I mean, all right, that's what I'm going to (laughs) do. But again, I don't care. I don't care. uh, Capitalism, socialism, communism, you know, that world is passing away. It's. uh, (laughs) So. But here's the thing, understand in, in this world, in this world, the number one motivator, the number one motivator for the companies and the businesses and the places you work is money. Every decision that is made in the center is money. And every decision that's made around those in the center is money. It's I, I So the, the sports industry which is a full on industry it's actually so so funny actually and everybody plays along but i mean it's still so funny so you you get sports teams that markets to get fans these fans get absolutely absolutely berserk about their teams they'll, they'll buy their clothes they watch their matches they will they will lay down their lives for these teams right and for these players in these teams these players couldn't care less. They're only there because they've been paid to be there, and you can take them to any other team as long as you pay the money. They, uh, and as soon as you get them, you know they'll they'll wear the T-shirt, they do all the things and whatever, uh, never walk alone stuff. All this they'll do. They'll do all of that. They'll all they'll do all of that. But they understand very well that there's no loyalty to a club or to a shirt or to a logo. They're there because they paid. And there is always a price to be paid. Anything can be done if you give enough money. If you give enough money, everything has a price. Everything has a price. Everything has a price. Has a price. Martin, is your bucket for sale? It's exactly, it's exactly the point, you know. I haven't thought, oh, actually, we have thought of selling our car. But for those that are very happy with their car, and I say, can I buy your car? It's like, no, it's not for sale. Well, what about I give you one million rand for the car? Two million rand, ten million rand. Well, maybe it is for sale. <laughs> now, everything has its price in the world that we live in. And so in that, in that way, money has come supreme and says, I can do and I can control anything. I'm on top. And So now Jesus is coming to us. He's coming to us and He says, you would be a people that will not be bored. You will be a people that will not have a price. You would be a people That cannot be influenced or swayed by money. And this is what you need to know. When you go out, we are in the world. That's another thing. You can't escape the world. You can't escape the world. We are in this world. There's no way out. The only way out is to die. In this world. Right? Even you can ask the monks that went to the monasteries. They will find the world right in there. Because it's in the air. It's in the spirit. You can't avoid it. It's there. Right? But you must know that you live in a world that, number one, the guy that stands on top as mammon is the god of this age, which is driven by money. And their normal is not God's normal. Their normal is not God's normal. Their prize is not, is not God's price. And you must understand, in dealing with this thing in having your hands on this all the time, there's a thing that's contending for your heart. That wants you to line up with that thing. And before you know it. Your normal will be the world's normal. But will not be God's normal. This is what you deal with. Every day. Now. um, I want to read a a few verses. Uh, 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy 6. (laughs) It says. Now. There is great gain in godliness with contentment. For we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless And harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith. And pierced themselves with many pangs. But as for you, O man of God, flee these things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith. Love, steadfastness, and gentleness. Now, um, it, I mean, that's the Bible. It's, it's nice when the Bible does your dirty work for you. You just read it. Oh, you know. But the, the, the question is that we should be content. It puts, the, it puts the barrier pretty low for contentment. If you have food and clothing, anybody? You should be content. Right, roof over the head, let's, let's push it a little bit further. You should be content with that. Now, contentment is a difficult thing, you know. Um, one of the things that I, uh, w- w- when working with um, new relationships, guys and girls, which is in the process of um, getting married, I always say to them, in regards to your physical boundaries, know this. The sooner you step over a certain boundary, it's much harder to go back. Reverse is always harder than forward. If you have crossed a certain boundary with that goal, it becomes very, that becomes your new norm. And it becomes very difficult to pull that back. Now what I've seen with finances and contentment, as soon as somebody has upped their lifestyle, This is the new line for contentment. This is food and clothing. I mean, at least. Right? That is not food and clothing. That is food and clothing and a whole lot of other things. And now it happens that your finances or your income doesn't increase, but everything around you increases. It's impossible to live here anymore. Do you know that? But I refuse because your contentment line has become here. Paul makes it easy. Food and clothing, you be content. Right? <laughs> and if we can have hearts, listen here, and, and the spirit of this age have pushed us to always push it like this. There's no space for this. huh? This is not the message that the world gives. This is it. And we buy right into it. I stand my ground. I will not scale down. I'm content. Right. And so, (laughs) what Paul is saying, we'll, we'll, we'll read now because watch out now that the religious spirit pops on us and think it's sin to be rich. Paul will clarify it very soon for us now. But what Paul is saying is, all of us should be content, whether I am blessed with a lot or whether I'm blessed with little. I am content. And Paul makes it very clear that if two people follow God fully and are fully in the will of God, it is very possible that one will have more than the other. Paul did not promise a kingdom, that all of us will exactly have the same amount of money. He says some will be blessed more than others. But all of us have this responsibly before God. Whatever God chooses to give us towards, We should be content. Next. uh, It's uh, um, verse 17, right? As for the rich. Who am I speaking to here now? (laughs) Any hands? All right. (laughs) uh, (laughs) As for the rich in this present age. It's very good that he says that, you know. Because being rich in this present age has got nothing to do with the riches that you will have in eternity. You might be a poor man in heaven and you might be a poor guy now, but oh, you'll be stinking rich in eternity. Right? It depends where you... <laughs> oh, that guy's pretty rich now as well. You know. <laughs> it's, 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 it, it all depends where my heart is invested. What type of investments am I looking for? As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, prideful. And that, isn't it? Isn't it? The bigger the car, the bigger the chest. I mean, it's just, it comes with the territory. It's just like, and this town is beautiful to see it. Don't get intimidated by that, guys. Come on. It's fluff. It's nothing. Huh? And don't get pulled into that same game. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes On the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. Ooh, this is good. They are to be, they are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. It's interesting there that Paul does say, he says like, it is to be enjoyed. If you are serving God with everything that you are and with a true heart of contentment, it's not clinging, my hand is free. I'm serving Jesus. I'm seeking first the kingdom of God. And in that process, you are rich. Don't feel guilty. Don't feel guilty. Feel free to enjoy then what has been granted to you. But know this. But know this. There is a responsibility on you more than, and we'll speak about that now, more than on them that doesn't have. Understand that the battle lines for you will be fine to keep your heart and to be truly responsible in how you do it and what you do with it. James 5. Now now in in, in what we said now. Look, I've always thought about the Bible says a teacher um, need to know this. You will be doubly judged as a teacher. Uh, Right. If you don't teach, you can get around you you can get away with double as much as a teacher. Right? If you are a teacher, your 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 judgment will be double as strict. Now be careful. It's not like frivolous, just shoot out anything that comes into your mind. You've got a responsibility if that has been granted to you and recognized as a teacher. Now the rich man in the kingdom and in God, know this. Come now, you rich, weep and howl for the miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches have rotted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver have corroded and their corrosion will be evidenced against you. And will eat your flesh like fire. You have laid up treasures in the last days. Behold the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields which you kept back by fraud are crying out against you. And the cries of the harvest have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened your hearts in a day of slaughter. You have condemned, you have murdered the righteous person. He does not resist you. And so what, 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 what it says there is if you are rich, you will at some stage on the earth have power that a not rich person, a poor person, a normal person, will not have. People will look to you for money. People will look to you for wages. Now, what he says there, if God has granted you, and if you have found that, oh, the responsibility on you is so much more. And I'm just saying the judgment there is pretty severe. Right? Um, and for all of us, rich or poor, the encouragement would be there. Where is your treasure? Where is your investment? Where is your world? Right? Now, two things that I just quickly want to say on that. You know, you get, you get two types of people. Warren Lynn is not here, but they, they are uh, displaying that very well. Um, Warren is, this is Warren's personality. If Warren put in, he's full up his petrol tank and it's full, as soon as that petrol needle drops, Under three quarters, the guy's getting nervous. He's like, I don't know if I should go to the shop. You just never know, right? Lynn, on the other hand, it's under empty. And she's thinking, if I go that route, I might still make it to the shop and back. Let's just try. Right? Now, I, I, uh, I can tell you what personality I am as well. <laughs> 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 wait, wait. Yeah. I didn't even tell my wife. Where's shoal. The other day I was driving to Wellington... And I think it was between Stellenbosch and Klopmetz, right in between, the car went to stand without petrol. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was true faith there. It just left me there. <laughs> yeah, it's, not, it's not, it's not, it's not, I'm just saying I'm more on the lint side of, the, of, of that type of thing. So, right. So, but, but there are, there are those of us that find, that like our lives to be more secure, Right. And we build security in many ways around it. And when it comes to finances, of course, that will be something that we will use in that way. Now, again, look, I, I'm not saying we should be good stewards of it, you know, right? If, 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 if you can, look again, I, I've got no opinion about medical or not medical and so on, right? But if, like, if you eat out every, every night, every night, and for that reason, can't pay a medical, right? That, and then complain, then you understand it's bad stewarding why you don't have medical and if you can't pay the doctor. You know, there's, 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 certain, <laughs> there's certain good stewarding that comes with it. But when we come and build security around us and we are naturally good stewards, watch out that at some stage your faith is starting to lean on your security that you've built on it. And it becomes layer. Upon layer, upon layer. I mean, that thing becomes so foolproof. Oh, but God will find a way. <laughs> God will find a way to shake you. Don't build on the uncertainty of money. I mean, that, on the uncertainty of riches. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm promoting good stewarding, but I'm saying there's a battle for our hearts in the way that we build security. And at some stage, that security, I'm telling you, that security becomes an idol. That security becomes God that needs to be protected by everything, by everything. And when God wants to move, and when God wants to do things, it's like, uh, uh, I've built so long on this thing. I've worked so hard so that I can whatever. No, no, no. Even though we are good stewards, we are good stewards like this. We're never good stewards like that. We're always open. We are wise, steward well, but God can shake and move us anytime because our confidence is not in the security that we provide with our money, but security with our in God. When, um, when we was um, pregnant, uh, Naku was pregnant. Ooh, <laughs> 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 um, but we worked together there. So <laughs> with the uh, um, with Hannah, um, I, I at that stage worked at the Bible school, and the Bible school did not make a lot of money. So I was lucky if I get a salary the month, and if I get a salary, it will cover my rent. And so at some stage, I had just a little worry: How on earth are we going to get that baby out? <laughs> like. I can definitely not pay uh, the hospital fees and so on. And at that stage, Narku felt quite comfortable with this midwife. And we thought, like, we'll, we'll do the delivery for the midwife. But I'm thinking the whole time. I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to pay this midwife, you know. And um, in, in, in that time, there was um, a thing. I don't know how many of you know the, the term uh, doula. A doula became quite... It's, it's, a, it's a person, it's a fancy name for a person that assists the midwife, but especially are there through the delivery to help the, the mom. And there was a, a, a girl in our congregation at that time that was trying to be qualified as a doula. So she did all the courses and all that things. And um, like a month before the delivery, I'm still thinking, yes, I, I'm like, God help, I, I don't know, you know. She, um, she comes to me and said, listen, She's spoken to the midwife, which is our midwife, and um, she, needs, she needs to have one or two deliveries that she sits in with before she can be qualified as a doula. I'm like, all right. So I, I, she really hopes that we don't mind, but she's spoken to the midwife and heard from her, if she does the delivery completely for free for us, would we allow her to be a doula? <laughs> I'm like get two more, man. <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> and uh, um, and it, was, it was just one of those amazing things. You know, again, like, I mean, I'm not against medical, not at all. In fact, if, I think it's a very good thing, and it should be stewarded well that you should do that. But we were stuck in this time on these things, and it was amazing how God came through. The, I mean, I, I know if you've walked with God, if you've walked with God longer than, I don't know, three days, the finance test would have come at some stage. Nothing teaches you concerning faith like that thing, right? And uh, um, I also, I just, just after I, um, I got saved, so I, I stayed in Durbanville. The, my church was in Wellington, so I would go with a train every morning, every Sunday morning to Wellington and to join the fellowship there. And uh, I had money for my train to, to go there and to go back. And then now I've got my little offering money, right? And uh, um, I, I go to church that Sunday morning. And as the, the tithe box is going around, EFT was not around. As the tithe box goes around, I feel the Lord is saying, throw all your money in. I'm thinking, that's uncalculated. I still need to go back. Can't be God. <laughs> box goes in and I sit with this money. Enough to get a train ticket back, and uh, um, something happened. There, there are two meetings, and I would have I would have left, but there wasn't trains. I had to wait later, and at the end, the guys are saying, "No, come with us to the evening meeting." So I can't. I, I, I stick around for the evening meeting. The third box come around again, and this time the feeling is just too strong, you know. And I'm I'm throwing it, and again I'm thinking, "How on earth am I going to get home?" You know. I was a, I was a comfortable hiker, but I thought like <laughs> Yeah, I'll I'll have to at some stage stop that, you know. So I I I and I started making plans. Obviously hiking is always you know, all those type of things that I did. Just after the meeting just after the meeting, the guy that was leading the congregation came to me. He said to me, Listen, I'm um, um, I wonder if you don't want to stay in Wellington. I'm driving through to Durbanville tomorrow, but I want to have an interview with you tomorrow. Right? And that was that morning he invited me to, to join the Bible school. That really changed my life forever. And he dropped me afterwards at the place that I needed to be. Right? <laughs> um, but it, it, it was just this these type of, in your mind, this, this type of, now for me it was to have four and to have a ticket back. For you, it might be four hundred thousand rand to have this covered and this covered and that covered. The principle, <gasps> come on, breathe in, breathe out. <laughs> the principle is the same. We ultimately have to put our trust in God. Right? Okay. Oh, guys, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm going quickly here. You know, the devil is very boring in the way that he tempts you. There's three ways that he will always tempt you. He did it with Adam and Eve. He did it with Jesus and John in one John two pulls out the same things. He took out that fruit. He said, look a little bit out of this fruit. And Eve looked at that fruit, and he says, this fruit will make you great. Ooh, glory is the way that the devil will many times, many times tempt us. You know, he did it with Jesus as well. Jesus, just jump off here and I'll make you great. The greatest guy ever. Ah, Jesus was not tempted, right? Well, he was tempted, but he didn't give into to it. And so pride is the one way that the devil will always lures us in. The second one that he, he does is, oh, it tastes so nice. It's so good for the flesh. The desires of our flesh, the devil will jump on that always. And he did it with Jesus as well. Jesus is hungry. didn't eat for 40 days. He says, oh, Jesus, you can turn the stones into bread and satisfy that need quickly. And so he will always play with the lusts. Of your flesh. But there's a third way. That he does. And when Eve looked at that fruit. It was beautiful to her eyes. Bling, 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 bling. Jesus. Look at all these lights and cities. And riches and glory. The devil says I'll give it all to you. You'll become the richest man on the earth. It's this. Um, the lust of the eyes. Now. Guys. It is amazing. 2,000 years ago, when two brothers in God loved one another and walked together, and you would have observed it, it was beautiful. 2,000 years later, it is still beautiful. It's eternally beautiful. A cell phone 20 years ago. Nokia. (laughs) What was it? (laughs) Snake. (laughs) Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. There was a game on it. There was a game on our cell phone. Snake. (laughs) Snake. Huh? Andrew, it was beautiful. I desired it. If I can have a cell phone with a snake game, I mean. You, You know that it's not beautiful today. It's faded away. It's ugly. People make fun of it. People joke of it. You know the phones that is beautiful to you now? It's going to be ugly. In two, three, it's getting quicker. It's getting uglier quicker. I don't know. It's just, <laughs> everything is getting uglier quicker. It's beautiful now, but so quickly ugly. It's just amazing, right? And so much of these things that tells and appeals to us that we need to have, the devil will just... <laughs> you know, it's, it's amazing, and I... I, I I want to say, you know, just in general. You know, Eve looked at that apple. Ooh, it was beautiful. And you know, Adam. Adam should have stood up there and said, like, listen, God said. But Adam, Eve was, Eve, Eve was convincing, convincing and continued. And he stood away. All right, Eve, just buy it. Just take a bite. I want to say, you know, there's this thing that's going to knock on our hearts. In, in marriages, right? In marriages. For us to, to live exceedingly above, or live above what we should. And the, 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 the looking at the Joneses. And everything that comes with that. To pull people to live like that, right? I want to ask, man, man, submit to God. Submit to God. Stand in God. That's what your household needs. And wives, submit to your husband as he is submitted to God. So that we stand free from those, those type of, those type of stuff, right? Those type of things grip us or throw us. Then I want to say, if we want to break, if we want to break this, mammon i want to break it i want i I don't want it to have any power over us i don't want to have any power over me any power over us right now when i was um when i was younger the spirit of mammon was in the church and sowing and reaping was a strategy in how to get rich the pastor loved that strategy fill up our tanks and you will get rich And so the people bought into it. You know, the Church of Russia. The Church of Russia opened up in the 90s. People were so hungry. They so wanted it. Religion was kept away from them. They were ready. And a bunch of missionaries came from America. And they preached the gospel that said to them, You give, and it will be given unto you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Now... Look, I'm not saying that there isn't a verse that speaks about principles of sowing and reaping, but the spirit behind that was one of mammon. And the church of Russia gave their money to the church, and they didn't come out very rich. Life stayed the same, and the church ran empty. And today, the church has such a bad name because of that, that message, right? But I don't want to say... Give so that you can get rich. That's not the message. (laughs) Right? But give. Give. So that the power of man will be broken over us. And I'm not asking you to give outside of the Lord and, and all of those things. But I'm telling you there's something so liberating. When all of our securities... All of our nice cars. I am not going to buy that nice car because I'm going to give wherever, unto the kingdom. I'm going to let go of certain securities. And I'm going to trust in God. There's few things that break it as much as giving. Right? And I want to ask you guys, and, and, and I'm not going to take up the thousand offerings now. That's not, that's not where I was heading. Yeah. I feel the need to defend myself there. I'm speaking in general. Sure, yeah, to the church. But in every area of our lives, how have we become, you know, is our hands like this? And so Jesus would say to us, you know, He would pull this one out above everything else. He said, you cannot serve mammon and God. He's like, that's the one thing that he pulled out. It's the one thing. You cannot love God and money. If you love the one, you won't be able to love the other one. Right? Jesus called for a people that ultimately would be like this. Money has no grip on me. Money has no hold on me. I'm open-handed here. Right? Ah. Maybe for some of us it's just coming a little bit. Ah! You don't understand. I so desperately I've saved, I saved up for that thing or this or all this. Stuff. Just can we be freed? Can we be freed? Can we trust to be freed? So I want, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for for people that trust God for finances. It's okay, right? God provides. God's the provider. And look, Christianity. Yeah, yeah I know all the eyes are closed now and so on, but this. Just just hear me still, all right? Christianity is practical. It's again, like I said in the beginning, it's not like we need money. Like you need money. It's not like, and God promises us that He will provide it to us. He said, seek first the kingdom and I will provide all those things for us, right? And so I think we have grounds before God to ask Him, right? And so I want to I wanna ask that, that we will ask and trust God that where people are in lack, it's not just a matter of contentment, but there's, there's lack. That we'll trust God to, to break through. And then I want to ask, I want to also pray for all of us. Just that, the, it's just crept in our hearts. The grip is just a little bit tighter. That we just today would once all, we're free from that thing. We're free from that thing. Alright? So, okay, let's, 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 let's pray. So Jesus, I, I, um, you, you know where all of us are. You know our hearts, Lord Jesus. You know how we are processing and what we are doing, Jesus. But I, and you know our struggles, Lord Jesus. And uh, Lord, we, we wanna, we wanna trust today as a congregation, Lord, Lord, that according to Your Word, You say if we would seek first the kingdom. You will give all the others in regards to clothing, food, all the things that is necessary for us to love Jesus. And so, Father, I want to pray for people that is struggling financially. So, if guys, if you can, eyes are closed. We don't have to check out for one another here. But if you can just give me a, give me an indication, all right, that uh, I can trust i can trust it. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Anybody else? Right. Right, right. Jesus, you've seen, you've seen now, Lord. And we just want to pray, Lord, that if there's anything withholding, Lord Jesus. Lord, that you would break that thing. Lord, if there's a key for obedience, if there's a whatever key that needs to unlock it, Lord, that you would show that in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Father, I pray that even the state that has still joy, that has stole peace, that has brought worry, Father, it will come to an end today. Father, we pray for your peace. Pray for your rest. Father, we pray for the, for, for the worry to let go of its grip over hearts in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And Father, then I want to pray, Lord, you know the hearts of every person here, Lord Jesus. You know where mammon stands. You know what it offers security, it offers joy, it offers whatever, Jesus. I pray, I pray, Lord, today, we will, it, it will lose its grip on every heart in Jesus' name, Father, Father, we want to be a people that you could move and shake it every time. We want to be a people, Father, that have no investment on this earth in our hearts, Jesus. There is no hook on our hearts. You can move us, Jesus. You can move us as you weep. We can give. We can withhold. You can do with us whatever we want, Father, because our hearts is with you and we trust you, Jesus. Father, I pray that the mark of giving will be with all of us, Jesus. Lord, that we will sometimes, many times, give more than what our plans kept us from doing, Lord Jesus, because our security and trust is in you. We praise you. We honor you, Jesus. Amen? Amen. Cool. Thanks, guys. So that's the end of the service. Um, (laughs) Obviously. Please stay around, um, grab a cup of coffee. I think some people might, yeah, look for someone, hang out with them today. If you're a visitor, tell someone you don't, or if you don't know them, grab them, say, hi, my name is whatever, make a friend, and then, yeah, we'll see you guys next Sunday again or Wednesday.